Hello. Thanks for connecting to the teachings of Prophet Lovi Elias. May you be blessed by this teaching and may your life never be the same. To get the most value from this word, empty your heart and be ready to receive. If you have been impacted by this ministry and want to sow into it, please visit prophetlovi.com or revelationchurchla.org. Now here's our prophet, Dr. Lovi Elias. God bless you all in the name of Jesus. This is Prophet Dr. Lovi Elias, and I am so excited for uh, today's teaching. I'm not going to be too long on Revealed, but I believe that uh, it's going to be very insightful, and I believe that by the mercies of God, it will bring you to a place of greater understanding of God's mind, God's ways, and God's purpose. This is the reason why uh, we started Revealed, because it's a place of revelation, It's a place of spiritual understanding, not just understanding. Um, It is a place that you come to know the ways of God because the ways of God are hidden. If it was open for everybody, then everybody would just know how God is, what God is about. But the ways of God are definitely hidden. And if you don't know his ways, you don't know his ways. It It takes the grace of God, the mercy of God. It takes the spirit of God to plant your feet the right way in order for you to be where God wants you to be. If those things are not together, you are most likely not going to be where God wants you to be. I've seen so many Christians that are are prayerful, but the ways of God are still hidden to them. Just think about it. uh, um, Just think about it. The Jews saw Jesus and they didn't understand him. That should tell you the ways of God are hidden. And they were not just Jews. These were the Pharisees, the teacher of teachers, the masters at what they do. You know, they were so educated in the ways of the spirit, but it was more carnal than it was spiritual. So you need to understand that it takes the absolute grace of God. If the Pharisees could miss him, If Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees, could miss him, then the ways of God are not open. It truly takes the grace of God to know the ways of God. The reason why so many people get confused about God is that people don't understand that morality is important, but spirituality is even more important. Mm. What is the difference between morality and uh, spirituality? To have good values and to have good morals is good. But remember, good values and good morals is based on the generation. It is, there is no standard law for any morality per se. They are godly values, but they are not necessarily law. Because as time changes, things change. The law of God does not change. The purpose of God does not change. But the ways of men do change. Because men mature to understand what they thought is not what they thought. An example is this. The Jews never believed that women should preach. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the church today have taken it to mean that all women should not preach. Every theologian will tell you when Paul said it is not lawful for a woman to preach. He was actually quoting what I believe the Corinthians. Is it in Corinthians? He was actually quoting the law of the Corinthians in their own church. Then he rebuttled them Mm -hmm. to tell them the other thing. Mm -hmm. But people who don't know theology, they think Paul was saying women should not preach. But yet if you look in the Bible, there were women that were prophets. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about Esther. I'm not even talking about 
uh, the women who are judges. I'm talking about uh, there was a man of God that three of his daughters could prophesy. I forget the guy's name. So God has used women big time. The first woman to see, there was a woman that saw Jesus first alive. But, and she was the first evangelist technically because she's the one who went to spread that Jesus is alive. So what people confuse is that morality or moral laws change. Godly values don't change because we have the spirit of God and we operate with the law of love. But what people make law is not really law when it comes to morality. An example is this. You find people, they read uh, uh, Apostle Paul when he says, if you look into nature, it is not right for a man to have long hair, but they don't understand what he was saying. Because if you look at the Nazarenes, all of them had hair. Mm -hmm. Samson was ordered by God, don't cut your hair. Jesus was a Nazarene, he never cut his hair. There was a lot of people who never cut their hair, but because in the African, this is an African culture thing, it's not even a Western concept. If you're African and you came from an African background, a man should cut his hair, but there's no law for it. But according to their moral laws, Mm -hmm. especially West Africa, Mm -hmm. some parts of East Africa and Southern Africa, especially, let me just say, Bantu cultures, it was not normal for men to have long hair. But if you go to the Nilotic cultures or you go to the Kushite cultures, let's say the Maasai's or you... You talk about the Sudanese. Men had long hair, braided long, longer than women. Actually, women are the ones that cut hair. Men had long hair, if you go to the Maasai's. So, laws, moral laws, cultural laws can change. The values of God don't change. The laws of God don't change. So many times people focus so much on what their fathers told them is holiness instead of what God says is holy. Jesus told them that you are so focused on your, your cultures that when you come back home, you have to wash your hands, wash your cups seven times, that you are forsaking the laws of God. What, the laws of your fathers were good for them. But don't forget what God has said because the laws of your fathers are not the laws of God necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the process, we miss the ways of God because unfortunately, the ways of God are always mixed in the t- traditions of the people at a certain time. Hmm. That's good. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. It can get lost into translation. An example is, okay, I, am, I have a theology doctorate, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a prophet by birth. God anointed me. Nobody anointed me. Mm-hmm. God called me. I have tattoos. Somebody may come a few years later thinking tattoos will make them a prophet. <laughs> no, it's true. Very but true. it has nothing to do with it. You understand what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with it. Just like many people think if you shave your hair nicely, you dress into a suit and you have big rings and you say, God bless you, you are highly, <laughs> let me karasha takaba. They think that's what being a pastor is. See? But if you go, if you brought somebody from the time of Jesus who say, but God wears a robe, why are you wearing a suit? <laughs> Very true. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because all these things are mixed into cultures, just like uh, uh, the laws of the Jews, everybody has to be circumcised. Yeah. Everybody. Paul comes and says, guys, that was for us, not for the Gentiles. Yeah. The Gentiles don't need that. God just wants circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. How did Paul come up with this revelation? He realized that God is not after the foreskin. Mm-hmm. 
God is after the heart. But for the covenant he had with Moses, Moses had to do it. Abraham had to do it because he was the one who started it. Is this making sense? Mm-hmm. So never be caught up with nonsense. Be caught up with the spiritual ways of God. Amen. 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 That is what is necessary. Amen. Today I'm talking about God's mother tongue. Amen. What does mother tongue mean? It just means language of origin. God does not have a mother. Let me be clear. There is no mother God. <laughs> Let me be clear because some people start saying, you see the title. No. When we say mother tongue, it just means the language of origin. Your original language. That's why we say Mama Africa, Mother Earth. We don't say Father Earth because it just refers to the origin, where we came from. Okay. It's just a terminology. But what I'm talking about is God's own language. Now, this is kind of a prophetic lesson and I feel um, like I should give it just because I feel generous today. Let's go. By the mercies of God. But if the thumbs up stay low, I'm not going to hit that like button. But I guarantee you, if you listen to this, you'll actually be blessed after this. And you will increase. Let me tell you, uh, children of God, something. Something really special and beautiful. There is nothing more amazing than to live in the freedom God has ordained for you. When you live for God, you live free. I never have to look over my shoulder to worry about what anybody is saying about me. Don't matter to me. I live free. That is why I can serve God in peace. I can serve God with all my heart. I can serve God with all my energy. I never have to look over my shoulder because I am fulfilled. I am complete within myself in carrying out the desires and the thoughts of God without anybody breathing down my shoulder. I don't follow... I, I have a mentor, I have a father, I have also fathers who are mentors in my life. Everybody knows my spiritual father, Prophet Passion, Amen. you know, but even him, if you look at him, he's a free man. Yes, he is. We don't live for people. Amen. No, 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 we don't live for people. When you live for people, you'll be frustrated, your spirit will be constipated. You'll not be able to release what God has put inside of you. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That is really because you'll be doing what man wants and not what God wants. I live free. Please be free. Amen. Who the sun sets free is what? Free indeed. Yes, let's be free. Free doesn't mean living outside of the bounds of God, but it means living for God. Amen. Because it's only in Christ we find freedom, right? Yes. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1 and from verse 1, yeah. From verse 1, I think, to 2. Genesis. Then I'll give you some verses. And let's use Antiju since Antiju is here. Okay. Genesis chapter 1, uh-huh. starting from verse 1. Uh-huh. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Uh-huh. And the earth was without form and void. Yes. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Uh-huh. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Hallelujah. And God said, let there be light. Powerful. And- right there. Please read that last verse again. And God said, uh-huh. let there be light. One more time. And God said, let there be light. Now, I want to ask you a question. And I will make this very simple. What language did God speak? Because mm. <laughs> he's saying something. Uh-huh. 
What language is he speaking? Hmm. Come on. No. Saying and thinking are two different things. That's true. true. When it says, and God said, it means he made a sound. Because speech, thoughts have no sound. But when you speak, there is inflation, there is tones you're making to create a certain vibration that will mean something. What did God language, did God speak? I'm just trying to teach you God's way so that you can understand. Somebody says in a, a spiritual language, of course God is spirit. <laughs> he did not speak uh, uh, Lingala. Huh? Of course his own language, but what did he speak? Angels speak the same language? No, because the Bible says, even if I speak the language of angels, and I have no love, I am nothing. It means the language of angels is different from the language of God. I have spoken to angels, I speak to angels. Their language is different. Mm. We all understand God, and they understand God's language, and they know how to relate to God, but their language is different. In fact, if you read uh, um, about the Tower of Babel, when human beings built the Tower of Babel, right, the Bible says God divided them can I show you this? Yes. Can you yes. go to the Can you go to the Tower of Babel when God is came down? Can you find it for me, Musa? Genesis eleven. Genesis eleven. Genesis. Musa, the encyclopedia. I want to show you some. I want to show you the origin of language. Mm. The origin of languages. Are you ready for this? This will shock yes. you. Yes, we're ready. You will know where your earthly language came from. <laughs> You're actually about to be blown away. Can you read it for me? Yes, Genesis eleven from verse one. Uh huh. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Okay, so the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. What language were they speaking? We'll come to it. But I want you to go now to when God came down. Okay. And this is verse six. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, behold, this people, the people is one and they have all one language. Mm -hmm. and And this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which mm-hmm. they have imagined to do. Mm-hmm. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Uh-huh. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. Keep reading. Verse nine. Therefore is the name of it called Babel because mm-hmm. the Lord did confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon all the face of all the earth. And then it goes into the ancestry of uh, Abraham. Okay, let me explain to you what happened. God comes down. Now, I want you to remember, it says, God saw that their language and their imagination, he mentioned two things. Mm -hmm. Their language was one. And because they can speak this one language, nothing can be held from them. Anything they imagine, they will be able to do. So let me come down and confound their language and scatter them. If you actually read, every nation was scattered according to the spirit that governed them. Because the ones that caused them to go the wrong way were the fallen ones Mm -hmm. that directed them to inspire them to do the wrong thing. So when God scattered them, he scattered them according to the 
spirit yeah. that inspired them, yeah. conspired with them to do the thing that they were doing. So the language you speak on earth, that is why it's easier for you to commit evil with your language than to speak oh. to God. The reason why they could achieve anything they wanted that they imagined is because the original language was God's own language. It was lost. That's crazy. The Bible says that uh, if you, if you, uh, um, uh, can you go back to, can you go back to, uh, um, uh, let me, let me, I, I, there's a certain verse. When I come back next time, remind me, I can't remember it, but it actually tells you that they were divided according to their gods. Mm. But the gods were the fallen guys. Mm -hmm. So your second natural language is actually mm. partly demonic. That is why when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, he was telling them, why is it you cannot understand my speech? Why is it that you cannot understand my language? I know why. Because you are children of your father, the devil. That's why you don't understand the words I'm speaking. You don't understand the language I'm speaking. Jesus, Jesus was referring to what happened in Genesis 11. That is why you can mention Jesus, another can mention Jesus. You're mentioning the same name, no results. No results. My God. Because whatever language, have you ever noticed? Okay, let me give you an example. Go to the book of Jeremiah. We're going somewhere. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Yes. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Uh -huh. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Notice this. God also functions in two things, in two realms. Realm of speech and realm of thoughts. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. God operates in two dimensions in the way that he communicates. Realm of speech and realm of thoughts. Come on, Papa. Realm of speech, realm of thoughts. This, uh, I'm not going to talk about visions and all that because this is how God can also communicate dreams and whatever. But I'm talking about God's own personal language. If you look in the scripture, it doesn't say God dreamt. It doesn't say God saw a vision. God can give visions. God can give dreams. God can do that. But God personally, God has thoughts and God has words. Yeah, yeah. Are we together? Yes. Is somebody listening? Yes. yes, sir. Now, 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 now capture this. So we know God has thoughts, but God is explaining to you how his thoughts work. Because the language you speak influences your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You think the way you think, not simply because you think, but because of how you speak. And because of the conversations you engage with. I'll say that one more time. For I know the thoughts I have concerning you, says the Lord. Thoughts, of, thoughts that are good, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Right? Yes. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it says in Jeremiah, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that God has the capacity to have thoughts. Yes. God has the capacity to imagine. Yes. But we also know God has the capacity to speak. 
The Bible tells you every good and perfect gift comes from above. The Bible also says this. It says anything of good report, everything that is uplifting, everything that can encourage you, Set your thoughts on these things. Why is it encouraging you to set your thoughts concerning these things? Because God's language is also thoughts. Anyone that is positively thinking is already attracting God more than somebody who is praying, but they never think positively. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. So we know how God is because of also how his thoughts are. Because God has no evil thoughts. Come on. That's good. When God looks at you and God looks at me, he's thinking about how our end is going to look like. He has already planned how he's going to lift us, how, how he's going to bless us, how he's going to expand us, how he's going to cause us to fly even higher. Those are the thoughts of God. So when we are talking, excuse me, so when we are talking about God's Language, God's mother tongue. Yes. The reason why so many people have a struggle, the reason why so many people have struggled to hear God's voice is because you have not aligned yourself to his language. Just because you don't even know how he talks. This is why when you have good thoughts, you say, I don't know if it is me or it is God. If it is God or it is me. Maybe I'm just imagining. Maybe I'm just thinking. Let me show you something. Are you ready? Go to Genesis chapter 6. Okay. I love this. Genesis chapter 6 mm-hmm. from verse 4. Okay. Genesis chapter 6 from verse 4. Uh-huh. There were giants in the earth in those days. Yep. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. Yes. And they bore children to them. Yes. The same became mighty men which were of old, Uh men of renown. Uh Uh-huh. And God saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth. What was the wickedness? Listen to this. Keep going. And that every imagination of the... God saw, listen, because you see, every time, listen to me, this is highly prophetic, and I hope you grab this. Every single time you are thinking, you are already prophesying the future. You are already revealing your capacity of the future. God does not look at what you are saying right now. Because men can just say words. But God examines every intention of the heart. Where does the intention of the heart come from? Wow. Why does God... Uh, 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 listen to this. Let, let me say this one more time. Because I, I feel like you need to understand this. When the Lord God looks at you. When the Lord God listens to you praying. God does not focus on what you're saying. Rather, God looks at your thoughts and your imagination because it is in your thoughts and your imagination that the intent of your prayer is coming from. Because every thought you have is a prophetic declaration of what you will do in the future. Wow. 
So when you think I am about to pray now, God already examined your thoughts to know if your prayer is valid, if it is fake, if it is selfish. God already judges from your thinking. So God is saying he saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. But what was that wickedness? The next verse it tells you. What, is, what does it say? It said, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God is saying that the imagination of his heart, imagination is activated through thoughts. God saw that the imagination of his heart was evil continually. So God said, these guys, they will continue to do evil because they have, there is no break. There is no, okay, let me reconsider. Let me think about it. Is this even right? They were already on the wrong track. God said, I got to stop these people because if I don't stop them, the earth that I created, the purposes I, I, I ordained, the purposes that I ordained will also stop. So what did God do? Instantly, he took Noah, build an ark. We are going to wipe these people out because this generation, they are evil continually, but they have not even committed the sin. Yeah. But God stopped it while they were still on their first, <laughs> while they were still in their beginning. Why? Evil thoughts. Wow. What does the Bible say? The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, mm -hmm. dividing soul and spirit, mm -hmm. bone and marrow, mm -hmm. and is the discerner of what? The, the thoughts oh. and the intent of man's heart. Mm -hmm. Because that's what God is looking at. Intention is more important to God than declaration. Say it again, Papa. Say it again. Intention is more important to God than declaration. You can declare good things, but God said, as a man thinketh, so is he. So it doesn't matter you declare, I am above and below, but you have already seen yourself to be at the bottom. Your declaration is a waste of time. You're not speaking God's language. Come on. My God. Wow. Is this making sense so far? A lot of sense. It's prophetic school deep. So God is examining you. I think we'll delete this after a life. Oh, Musa said it's prophetic school. At least tomorrow. I'm sorry. This is why God hates unforgiveness. God says, before you come and pray, you put your offering on my altar. Go and fix it with your brother and sister. Don't come to me. Because you are not talking his language. That's good. That's good. That is good. Somebody said, Musa Nawao. I'm sorry. Is this making sense so far? Yes. Yes. Is this helping you? Yes, it is. Is this shedding some light on some things? Yes, it is. It really is. So comprehend this by the Spirit of God. God communicates through speech, and God communicates through his imagination, 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 and also thoughts. Because for you to have thoughts, you must imagine. Thoughts don't work without work without imagination. The people who have no capacity to imagine, they are not very good at thinking. Because when you have thoughts, imagination 
puts picture to things and you can see yourself do it. So just thinking without, without, uh, thinking without imagination, you're already short-sighted. Because the sight of the future is in your imagination. Before we even speak about prophetic eyes. Is this making sense? Now, I'm going to give you a little insight. I remember uh, my lovely daughter here asked me a very powerful question. She said, Papa, how do I control thoughts? How do I quiet my thoughts? There is no in the Bible that told you silence your thoughts. Because the end of thoughts is also closing a channel of God speaking to you. So God cannot advise you to stop imagining and thinking. Because if he stops you from imagining and thinking, he has just closed the door from him speaking to you. This is why, okay, if some of you have not signed up for Rome, Realm of Meditation, do it. Because I'm teaching yes. some cool stuff. Yeah. I've, uh, the past few weeks, it's been busy since, uh, what's it called? The, they healed it through my schedule off, but I, I, I went back to posting for you guys. I think I missed a few days, but we have caught up by the grace of God. The Bible has never instructed you to stop thinking. Mm-hmm. Stop your thoughts. Empty your mind. Bruce Lee, be like water, my friend. Empty your mind. (laughs) God never said that. It's actually a wild, it's it's a witch hunt. To empty your mind. It's impossible. The mind is like a river flowing. You cannot stop the river because the moment thoughts have stopped, the person's life also has ended. Do you realize before you wear, you think about what you're going to wear, you think about what you're going to eat, you think about where you're going to go, you think about about going to sleep, you think about doing this, you think about your husband, you think about your wife, you think about your children, you think about your business. You are always thinking because thinking and imagination sets you up for tomorrow. Yes. There are certain people that see their thoughts and see their imagination and they shrink because it is bigger than what they think they can achieve. But if you can see it, you can have it. Because your mind cannot go where your body will not follow. Whether negatively or positively. You always think, even when you're sleeping, your mind is still going. Your body can rest. Your mind is still going. Your brain can be flatlined. But your mind is still going because the mind is the soul and the soul is ever flowing. Even if you die, let's say you go to hell, God forbid, even there you're still thinking. Remember the rich man was in hell still thinking. Father Abraham, send me to warn my brothers so that they don't come here. One of the worst torments in hell is thinking about what you could have done when you had the opportunity to do it, you would have not been there. So your torment is like, what if I just repented? Why didn't I repent? That day that uh, Prophet Lovi came on, he was teaching, saying, repent. Even though he had tattoos, I pushed him away. Now look at where I am. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. (laughs) I shouldn't have died like that. He prophesied that accident and I went there and I... 
you start thinking all these things because that is the worst torment of hell. Dang. So if there is an end of thoughts, you see hell is so bad because people can only live in the past. They can't live in the future. Ooh, that's terrible. So anybody that is living in the past, you're already experiencing hell. I'll say it one more time. Jesus, help us. The souls that are in hell right now, they have no future. So they, don't, they can't think beyond the pit. The only thoughts they have is concerning the past because they cannot see anywhere ahead of the pit. Learn to forgive people. Learn to let go of things. Learn to let go of situations because anyone that lives in the past is already in hell. Sips water. <laughs> That's helping. Did that make sense? Yes. Stop living in the past. Yes. A lot of people have lost great opportunities before God. Yeah. Because you, you just want the past. Yeah. Yet the future is brighter, better, stronger, much sweeter, much beautiful. Can you hear me? Yes. Let me, let me almost put a bow tie on this. Let's get those thumbs up going. Keep Amen. those thumbs up going. Amen. Uh, keep those thumbs up going. We are over 800 now and the thumbs up are just half. We need to get that higher. Amen. Amen. So, so listen to this. Uh, I'm, I'm coming somewhere. The mind was never designed to not flow. Do you know like psychologists, right? They advise you when you go to sleep, turn off everything. Yes. Because if you leave something on, even while you sleep, it's still influencing your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because your brain may be asleep, but your soul is still awake. It's still hearing. Mm -hmm. There's a Chinese proverb that says this. It says, don't think evil towards yourself or speak evil towards yourself. Because the inner warrior is listening. The soul. You see, like, for me, I'm somebody that I've fought. I've been in the ring to fight. And I train a lot. One of the keys to winning, anyone who says, man, we'll see how it turns out, 99% of the time they will lose. Yep. Yep. Me, I don't have anything like that. Yep. I will smash you. <laughs> I'll smash you before I even got in there. <laughs> My last yeah. fight, the person that I fought was an uh, ex-military man. He was a Marine ex-marine, he had more fights than I had, okay? He had more fights than I did. He trains in one of the biggest UFC gyms in, um, in Las Vegas. He's uh, a lot of, it's called, I uh, forget the name of the school, but there's a lot of UFC fighters that come from that gym. So he's a guy with a lot of experience, but if you look at how I picked him apart, after the fight, his team asked me, man, how many fights do you have? How long have you been fighting? I said, this is my first fight. They were like, what? This is your first sanctioned fight? I said, yeah. They were shocked. Why was that? I just, I, I, listen, I pay the price to make sure I'm a winner. Mm -hmm. I am not a loser. That is really good. Anything I do, I'm extreme with it. I have to win. I, I don't even leave room... When I was about to fight, any time that I thought of the fight, 
and I felt the nerves and I felt the the, the fear because mm -hmm. you have to feel nerves. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel that, then you're not you're not you're not you're not ready. You have to feel it. Every time I felt that, I went on a run. I'll run two miles. I'll shadow box for like 30 minutes. I calm down. Every time I thought of it that I wasn't training, I was doing something towards it. When I got in the ring, I was cool. Like I was so calm, like a cucumber. I was a, it was a devastation. <laughs> That's how God wants us to be. Amen. Thoughts were never designed to stop. Thoughts were never designed to stop. But they were there to be managed. Through the managing of thoughts, it's like a river, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a river flowing. It will always flow. But you can redirect it. But it will not stop. There is no such thing as pause and then direct it. Mm -hmm. You have to gradually redirect it. You can't stop it. Mm. An example is Auntie Rose's, when, when she, <laughs> I'm sorry, Auntie Rose. <laughs> when Auntie Rose uh, uh, came, I recruited her from New York. Where did I put the other phone? I forget. There's a verse. Okay. There's a verse I want to read to you. When she came from New York, Auntie Rose is like those scheduled people, punctual to the T. You think she came from heaven. If she says she'll be there at, at two, she'll be there at two. <laughs> She'll actually be there, not at 2. She'll be there at 1.30. 1.30. No, 1.30, so that she's ready when you come. She'll be like, you know, ready to go. That's, that's Auntie Rose's for you. You know, she's like... <laughs> so Eileen used to laugh at her all the time. It's like, listen, yo, you just got to flow with that. If he... <laughs> because she didn't understand it. She was like, what is this? That is structured chaos. But it's <laughs> because me, there is a structure. There is always a plan. But it's a plan that seems that there is no plan, but there is a plan. But once you understand me, you re actually realize, okay, there's actually a schedule to this. There's a pattern to this. Auntie <laughs> <laughs> Rose had to go and <laughs> read some things. Okay, you know, change is inevitable. <laughs> Embrace change. Auntie <laughs> Rose, you're deep. <laughs> but it's, life is supposed to flow. The mind is supposed to flow. You can't stop it, but you can manage it. You have to know when you need to magnify it. You know, mm. need to know when to minimize it. Mm. You need to know when to slow it down, mm -hmm. when to rush it down, where to redirect it. Like when, you, when, when people say, you are in your creative flow, mm -hmm. it is at that time that the rushing of the waters are just flowing and they are flowing in the right direction. Wow. So you don't want anything to interrupt That's you good. because if you are interrupted, then the, you have to re-navigate to get to that yes. place again. Yes. Thoughts are managed. They are never meant to be stopped. When you look at meditations in the world, right, whether you go to Buddhist or whatever, they try to empty your mind. <laughs> you will never empty your mind. I'm sorry. The mind can't just be blank. You're not dead. Even the dead have thoughts. Their bodies, brain may not be working, but their soul is still working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those who are in heaven are thinking. They are speaking. Um, 
empty your mind. Focus on your breath. <laughs> <laughs> How long can you sustain that for? Three minutes. <laughs> Even that is long. Yeah. Before you know it, your thoughts will go. I'm about to finish. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number five. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number five. Aunt Yuju. Okay. Second uh-huh. Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Yes. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Stop right there. God did not say, stop thoughts. He said, whatever imagination that is going outside of the bounds of the word of God, yeah. capture it, cast it down. That is the firewall. That is the filter. Listen, walking with God is so easy. We have just overcomplicated it. Meaning, if I don't know the word of God, if I don't know the speech of God, mm-hmm. then I don't know what is in the bounds of God and what is not. Yeah. 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 If you don't read your Bible, you will never know the thoughts of God. Did somebody hear me? Yes. Anyone that is a poor reader, somebody that is not dedicated into reading, anyone that is not dedicated in reading scripture will never be able to manage their thoughts. For we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. How does it go on to say? And pulling down of strongholds where? In the mind. Stronghold is not a demon. It is a thought process that has become so strong. That has become a stronghold. If you know ancient time, a stronghold was where the defense was held. If you continue on the wrong path of thoughts, that thought will be fortified, it will be empowered, and before you know it, it becomes a fortress, it becomes a stronghold. And once it becomes a stronghold, it becomes very difficult to tear it down. It's not impossible. An example, somebody that has insecurities, it will affect them throughout their life until they learn to pull it down. Your trust, my trust was never to be in men, was supposed to be in God. My trust, your trust was never supposed to be in men, was always supposed to be in God. The moment our trust is not in the devotion of God, we will start looking for men to put our trust in. Because it is the nature of man to trust. It is human nature. But you need to direct the trust. So if there's no devotion to the word of God, you cannot know the mind of God. And if you don't know the mind of God, you will misplace your trust. You put your trust in men. You put your trust in women. You put your trust in pastors. You put your trust in prophets. You put it in bishops and they are bound to fail you. I can fail you. 
Jesus will never fail you. But all this is because we don't know his mind. We don't know the process of God. And because we don't know the process of God, we rob ourselves of the best that God has for us. Is that clear? Yes. Is that clear enough? Yes. Makes a lot of sense? A lot of sense. So, your thoughts are supposed to be managed through everything that you do because thoughts are always the primary, um, thoughts are the primary origin of God's language. Even the devil had thoughts. You thought within yourself, mm. <laughs> I will rise my, my, my mm. throne above the clouds, mm -hmm. even above the stars, mm. and I will sit my throne in the north, and I will be like the Most High. His thought caused him to be cast out because if you can think it, you have it. God will never let wow. you. Wow. Wow. Just because he never took action. Wow. Before you know it, there is war. The devil is wondering what is happening. He's trying to hold on to his place. And Michael is like, no, nah, bro, you got to go. There's no place for you here. Just because he thought of it. My God. If a man looks at a woman lastfully and he thinks about it, he has committed adultery with her. Notice this. It is very interesting, the language of the Lord. He did not say that you have just committed adultery. He did not just say you fornicated. Excuse me. But he adds a little spice. He says, you have already slept with her. He did not say in your mind. You have already gone the full length with the person. Now you didn't hear it. Do you get what I'm trying to yes, say? Yes, absolutely. As a man thinketh, so, so is, is he. he. Yeah. Your body count may be deeper than you think, wow. as far as God is concerned. <laughs> Most people that got spiritual husbands and spiritual wives. Jesus. How we need to delete this thing. <laughs> Let me control myself. I want you to go to prophetlovi.com quickly, grab your best seed uh, and give it to God and then I'll be back. I'll, I'll tell you the next. Uh, we'll continue the teaching and I'll give you some tips in managing the mind. And then when I come back, we'll continue this series because we haven't even spoken about tongues. I just started with thoughts because this is something that we already, all of us do. Everything that God has created can think everything. We'll be back. Go and grab your best seat and then we'll be back. God bless you all and we are back and um, I believe that uh, God is, uh, is blessing you Amen. and the Lord is watching over you Amen. and I believe that God is doing something good for you. No, let them post. Don't, don't delete uh, Musa. <laughs> uh, don't even banish them. It's okay. Uh, that God will bless you. God will increase you. 
that God will show his face uh, towards you and that what you're learning will push you higher. Amen. Uh, So I hope that you're paying attention and uh, the Lord will increase you. Now, how do you manage thoughts? You cannot rebuke thoughts. You cannot pray against thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's not what the scripture said to us. You can't say, I I, I command my mind to be still. It doesn't work like that. None of it works like that. The only way you manage thoughts, God put it, there are two things that the scripture tells us. The number one is the presence of the word of God in you. Amen. Amen. The number one thing is that the word of God is the main thing. Why? The word of God sharper than a double-edged sword, dividing soul from spirit, born to marrow, and is the discerner of the intents and the thoughts of the, uh, the intents and the thoughts of the heart. Yeah. Now you have to remember the nature of the heart. The heart is desperately wicked. wicked. Mm-hmm. The heart wants to be wicked. Mm. Why? Because we are fallen. Man has fallen. Because man has fallen, your nature, your natural nature is to love sin, is to be selfish, is to desire for yourself. This is why we had to get born again. But not only did God give us a new spirit, but what did the Lord also do? Renewed our heart because it needs to be reprogrammed. Notice the remedy of the heart was not a new heart. The remedy of the heart is always the word of God. So if the word of God, there's a lot of people that pray so much. There are people who pray so much, but the word of God is less in them. Anyone who prays more than the intake of the word of God, your prayer is actually useless. Is this making sense? Yes. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Anyone that prays so much, but your intake of the word of God is low, your prayer will also be weak because number one, it means that your thoughts are not where God wants them to be mm-hmm. because your thoughts will always be influenced by the information and the words you hear. Mm-hmm. When you read a book, if you're somebody that loves reading, it causes you to be, uh, what is it called? It causes you to be imaginative. That's why they say like the window to the world, the gate to the world is book. You can visit anywhere in the world if you have a book. Yep. Because when you're reading, whether it's a, 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 a book, you know, when we were children, we were encouraged to read because of pictures. It was to trigger our imagination because children want to be more imaginative than taking in information words. Mm-hmm. So they have to balance the words with pictures so that it can capture you. Mm. Because when a child is born, their first language is imagination and thoughts, not alphabets, not letters. They learn that so that they can, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? So that they can uh, uh, articulate their thoughts Mm -hmm. to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's why when you want to write something, you say, let me put my thoughts down. Down in a way that you can understand. So when a child is born, you can teach them 
quicker. No, yes, they learn because they can visualize and see. But if they have no ability to imagine or whatever, then it becomes very difficult. A child, you can give them a pencil. You give them an invest, a pencil. And their pens, that pencil can become a rocket, can become a submarine, can become a million things. Just a pencil. Because their mind is able to fathom beyond just the pencil. Is somebody getting this? Yes. yes. So you, you need to understand this by the Spirit. And you need to capture this by the Spirit of God. So the intake of the Word of God is the number one, not only resistance, because we don't resist thoughts, but we filter thoughts. Anyone who does not have the Word of God is incapable of filtering thoughts. Is that making sense? Yes. Is this making sense so yes. far? No word of God, no control over thoughts. Remember, you cannot stop thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts will flow anyway. Wow. Regardless of what, whether you, 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 no matter what you do, you're not stopping thoughts. In fact, when you don't think, we know it's a demonic attack because it is human nature for you to think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. The inability to think and to process is a problem. Yeah. We know that it's a demonic attack. If somebody's saying, my thoughts, I can't, I can't even think, I, I am like this, is a, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? You find people's thoughts influenced by demons wanting to do different, and then they come, they get delivered, and they're like, oh my gosh. I, I was talking to... Um, my mom, I was, uh, I was at my mom's house, uh, Mama Brian's house, and uh, we were talking. And she said, I don't know if you remember that lady that was, uh, she, she had like uh, uh, the something 19. And she was on a walking stick and uh, her immune system was messed oh, up. Yeah. She could not walk. She had pain all over her body and all that. Another thing that she had was that she could not think. Her processing was just messed up. And uh, when she got delivered, her thoughts also were liberated. So when I was at mom's house, she said, you know, that lady was actually my friend. I invited her. And she called her. She was like, oh, yeah, she just, you know, she texts me. She said, yeah, I just walked for four miles. No longer using a stick. No longer this. Wow. And she said, and I have my thoughts back. Amen. When you have that brain fog where you can't think, you can't process, it's a demonic attack. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. For real. Jesus. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Somebody capturing this. Yes. Yep. So it works to your advantage to understand that you can't stop thoughts, but they can be filtered. Yeah. Yeah. And the only filter is the word of God. Amen. So number one, make sure that your intake, you see, you can't even pray without the Word of God. What prayer are you praying? Because it is in the Word of God that we have the guide in order for us to know how to pray. Yeah. You are right. So if I don't have the Word of God in me to sit down and, and read the Word of God, understand the ways of God, understand the mind of God, understand what I have in Christ Jesus, then how am I praying? Right. 
So prayer is weak because you have no word of God. And if you have no word of God, you don't know the thoughts of God. And if you don't know the thoughts of God, you cannot manage your own thoughts. When you're under attack, you will fall. Yeah, that's good. That's good. When Peter was influenced by the devil to tell Jesus not to go on the cross, Jesus rebuked the devil because he knew he used Peter's thoughts without yeah. Peter knowing that his thoughts were being used. Yeah. Then Jesus began to address the demon behind him and said, Walk thee behind me, Satan, for you do not like the things of God. Jesus knew if Peter's thoughts came from God, he would have known that Jesus, he already said that you are the Messiah. Mm -hmm. If I identify you as the Messiah, they know that the Messiah was a sacrifice to, uh, for salvation. But knowing that somebody is the Messiah and processing the process mm -hmm. of freedom is completely two different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Because their idea was the Messiah will come, they will be free and they, that's it. But they did not know the freedom Isaiah told you. You will be betrayed and you will die and you will rise again. Yeah. Jesus came, I will be betrayed, arrested, uh, killed, and I will rise again. But because Peter's thoughts were not governed by the words of God, hmm. when the thought came that he will never die, Jesus, Peter came and said, Jesus, what are you talking about? You will never die like that. You are not going to die. Jesus said, <laughs> nah. Walk thee behind me, Satan, for you do not like the things of God. Peter got delivered. He didn't even know that that thought did not come from God. It sounded good. Right. Because he loved Jesus. Yeah. Right now, do you want to see me die? No. Imagine, imagine if I said, I'm going to die. And then you come and say, Papa, you will never die. Of course, that will be your first inkling because you love me, right? Yeah. But Jesus was born to die. Is somebody understanding this? Yes. Yeah. The only filter, the only thing that can manage, help you to manage your thoughts is the word of God. The entrance of thy word giveth light and gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of God's word does not only deliver light in you, but it also gives you understanding. Understanding. You begin to know what is happening. Wisdom and understanding are different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is also different. Mm -hmm. In fact, God says in all you're getting, get wisdom, wisdom and understanding, not knowledge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you have no understanding of the spirit, you have no wisdom of the spirit. If spiritual knowledge comes, you will not be able to digest it. Wow. Haven't you ever noticed people who are in the world that are always uh, uh, truth seekers? They never get satisfied because they process everything carnally. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter 2 says it like this. Spiritual things can only be received by the spiritual. Yeah. A carnal man cannot receive them, nor can even process them. So you have to understand that all the ability to process, you, you, you buy the best phones because of its processing power. Yes. You buy the best laptop because of its processing yep, power. Yep. Everything you have technology-wise, it has to have the capacity to process things quickly. Yeah, if it good. doesn't, then it is all technology. That's so you can good. be outdated. <laughs> Yet you're good. in the church. Is somebody getting this? Yes. 
You need software update. Amen. You need the Holy Spirit to update you. Amen. So, the Word of God helps us to process because we're already processing. But there's viruses that come in, they mess up the processing power, pop-ups that are always come. You want to read the word of God, a pop-up just pops up, boop, moves you away from there. No, this happens. That's good. It's true. So your mind is so tricked around because there is no filter. The word of God is going to tell you, this one is from me, this one is not from me, this one is from me, this one is not from me. Mm-hmm. Not prayer. The word of God first. Let me put it this way. Have you ever noticed those kids that had a good, solid upbringing, those children that had a solid upbringing with a mother and a father that were always encouraged, they had a a relationship where they can be open with their parents, they could discuss. Do you always notice they thrive? They have no no, uh, confidence issues. How did they develop that? Because of how they were, in, they were trained to not think discouraging thoughts. And this is physical. Yeah. How much more if you're able to receive it spiritually? Amen. Amen. Is this making sense? Yes. The issue is we always, uh, the issue is always we try to encourage people when they are broken. They don't need encouragement, they need healing. Then encouragement. But if somebody is already encouraged, they know who they are. Even if they stumble, they are fine. The Bible says it like this. A righteous man falls seven times and he rises again. But the wicked fall and they fall into mischief. But in the church, if you fall, you are backslidden. But God is saying a righteous man falls seven times yeah. and rises up again. Yeah. 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 So it means how God observes you. His thoughts towards you and the thoughts of man are different. Very different. You stumbling, you think it's the end. People will say you are backslidden. God is saying uh, okay. the righteous fall seven <laughs> times and rises up. Yeah. God's thoughts in mm. our thoughts far from each other. I think I will stop here today because I think you guys have to process this. Increase your intake of the word of God. Have a schedule on when you read the word of God. Plant yourself in the word of God and watch how God is going to do something great and special for you. Amen. Amen. I love you. The Lord Jesus loves you more. This doesn't need prayer. This just needs action. Amen. Go and do it. And may the Lord bless you. And I'll see you again tomorrow by the grace of God. Shalom. Peace. Thanks for joining us. We trust that what you have received today will change your life forever. Please follow us on social media at Prophet Lovi and Revelation Church LA for updates, events, and teachings. If you are interested in connecting with this teaching, head over to ProfitLovi.com or RevelationChurchLA.org and click on Giving. Revelation Church is located in Simi Valley, California and has prophetic service every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service at 10 a.m. 
We'd love to see you there. Until next time, Shalom.